0: This is the A to Z podcast. I'm Zach Jackson. He's Andre Knott at Dre Knott at Akron Jackson on most of your favorite social media platforms at A to Z podcast at facebook.com slash A to Z podcast shouts as always to scene to the honeymoon grill to our friends at American fireworks for helping to make this thing happen to you guys for helping it grow. Uh, Dre, we're not having a winner here. I know it's supposed to be like 14 degrees on Friday, but I was just pumping gas like an hour ago. feels like it's 50 degrees. Um, You are going to spring training in two weeks. The Indians are reporting for spring training. Um, Because I don't have a place I want to start, I just want to say I kind of feel for our cohorts in the full-time radio biz because the Cavs are a disaster, right? Yeah, No, Um, no doubt. The Indians haven't There's lost a game like, since September, but the, it's, the perception has been bad. And the Browns are the Browns. And, like, if you're getting excited about hiring position coaches, then God bless you. Please stay out of my Twitter mentions.
1: Yeah, well, those are the people that are in your Twitter mentions. You're right. It sounds like – it feels like the Indians have lost 100 uh, a game, you know, back-to-back years when people talk about the Indians. Um, the Cavs, you know what, though, in, in all honesty, and I think this year kind of proves it because we've always had these conversations – and this isn't attacking anybody. Some people will take it as attacking. Um, because I was going to talk, I was going to bring up, I've already got basketball questions I want to bring up to you. I've said this for a while, and I think not in months like this, years like this, it proves that we're not a basketball town. Um, you know, like, I think we love high school basketball. You and I have, have witnessed year after year after year going down to Columbus for the Final Four. I miss being able to do that with my job that I have now. Um, you and I have grown up around high school basketball in northeast Ohio. We know that there is a strong, strong love for it. But I say professionally, um, I've just never felt like we were a big basketball town, especially when it comes to talking about it on the radio, and I'm not going to make it a black or white thing. Um, I just never thought people – and I'm saying – you know, now, like Rods, like Rods is a big college – Rod is a big basketball fan. There's no doubt about it. But there aren't many of them out there, and I can tell you from being with program directors and things of that nature – Half of the program directors don't know how to sell it either. So I think this town has always been behind the eight ball when it comes to basketball. Then you make them bad, uh, as the Cavs are. And I think most people hear you you talk basketball, and they they turn you off immediately, right? Um, It's a a tough go of things. It really is. Um, The baseball, and I kind of feel, and and at certain times, and and people will not like this, baseball too. This is a football town, um, for better or worse. It's unfortunate because we should be able to have intelligent conversations about all three sports, um, but that doesn't seem to get people going anymore. And I guess when you look at the ESPNs and the Fox Sports and all these other companies that put out the shows they put out in the morning, um, yelling and screaming seem to be the way to go. And not having intelligent conversations um, doesn't seem to be what pays the bills. Now, I was going to ask you, and to be very simple about it, um, explain college basketball to me right now because – you don't pay attention to the NBA until March. I don't really pay attention, attention to college basketball until February. Um, it's February. Baylor's been number one. I don't think they're that good. I've watched Duke play two crazy games in the last four, 72 hours. Um, I And I still don't think Duke's that good. I don't think anybody I've watched is that good in college basketball. Is that fair? Yeah,
0: um, that's the thing. I don't know if it's not anybody's good. I would say it's as wide open as it's ever been. Um, you know, listen, the Cavs are pathetic, uh, and and losing is the goal. But I turned it on the other night, and they airballed a seventeen-foot jumper and missed three threes in two sequences, right? Um, so we know what they're playing for, and you know, it's kind of out there that there's not a consensus number one pick, right? Which means right. there's not a super strong top three. Now it's still early. I mean, these are kids. We know every year it's nineteen-year-olds for the most part in in the in the draft pool, but. Yeah, there's no dominant team. Baylor has not lost, and Baylor has some good wins, but Baylor doesn't have lottery-type guys. I mean, I think no. th- the stat last night, they were playing Texas. Texas has like seven top 100 recruits from the last three classes, and Baylor has two, right? So, right. Right. Um, you know, they play defense. I think Texas didn't even get to 92 points in two games against Baylor this year no. um, so right. far. Kansas has the kids that Adidas paid for, as always, Um you know, they. I don't know that they have a standout lottery guy. You know, this this is just the nature of mainstream college basketball coverage. Kansas got more run for the fight with Kansas State than they will until March, <laughs> right? So, right. You know, um, you know. I, I just don't know. Spending a lot of time talking about. It. I. I kind of want to. You know, I, I do take a little bit against you in that it's not a basketball town. I would say, right now, because we've had LeBron for what. 15 of the last 20 years, approximately. You know, the the bar was raised, and the attention was raised, and the bar was raised forever
1: because... I'll just simply say this. I disagree. I think we're not a pro basketball town. And I say that as a kid that went to the Coliseum. I say that as a kid that went to Gundarina. I say that as a kid that worked for the Cavs um, before LeBron and during LeBron. Um, Hell, I used to piss me off, and Sabo will tell you this. I got a group of guys that will tell you this. It pissed me off LeBron's first three years when I worked for the Cavs that we didn't sell out that we couldn't get sell-out crowds, that you would have to beg. And it was like we had the biggest thing coming ever. We didn't sell out until they went to the playoffs like three years in a row. Now, say what you will about that, but it's 40-some games, 20,000 capacity. You couldn't get 20,000 people to see that one of the best players of all time that would grew up 20 miles away. Like, to me, it's just not – and, I, and it, it would take a lot to change my mind on that because, like I said, I've worked around it. I've been in the meetings where they're trying to sell tickets, and I'm like, the fuck are we trying to sell tickets for? You got LeBron James. You should be able to just put up a thing out front and say, "Hey, we got we got one of the best talents ever that was born here. He's playing here tonight against NBA talent. Come see him." And they went, and people didn't. For whatever. Okay, well, hold
0: that thought right there. Hold that thought right there. Um, his first go around. I mean, I think people, you know, wanted to believe, right? And then they became believers real quick. And I think they did well for a long time. I think a lot of people went. I think the second go around, past the first year, regular season was probably a hard sell. Right. And then in the meantime, no, I I think I'm glad we kind of started to have this discussion because I think this is true for all sports right now. Like, it's hard to sell tickets. TVs are really good. Tickets are really expensive. And the NBA has to do so much to get you there because you pay so much for NBA tickets. It is ridiculous if you wanted to take a family of four to an NBA game, and it's pathetic to think that the Cavs can charge these prices with the product they put in
1: the store. Right? I, I tend to disagree with you. Cavs tickets aren't that expensive. No, I don't pay. But you can get these – and I'm like, look, you could be up pretty high. But the experience, you could get – I mean, if you go to Loudville, you could get two kids in. You, It's not – I, I mean, expensive, is, and, and that's a word that's it's arbitrary for everybody because everybody has their own. I hear what you're saying, but going to Cedar Point is fucking expensive. Doing anything well, else right. is But what is I'm saying is, like, the
0: NBA has to do all this bells and whistles. For me, it's get off my lawn, right? For you taking the kids, they love it. But they have to do this stuff. They have a league of 30 teams, and I don't know. How many superstars do they have? 12, right? How many teams can really win the title? Seven, and that's in an open year? So that's 23 teams that got to do all this stuff to get you to go
1: in, and you go once or twice. I I don't know why you'd go. Well, let me turn that around, though. When we were growing up, your parents didn't take – my parents and your parents didn't take us to games because of championships. See, I think that's where we changed changed mentally as well. Like Mentally, as adults, and I'm admitting me as well, my parents didn't take me to games because of championships growing up. They took me to games because it was something to do. They took me to games because they knew it it got me excited. It got me involved in something else other than – whatever was going on in the streets. I think that's part, and, and maybe this plays into the conversation we're having. I think, and, and this is to me, and this is weird to say, to me, this is the strangest thing about sports nowadays because we have, and we always talk about it. If you and I are part of this issue, what, what is this as a sports society? You either get Jordan faced or the chip, right? So we have this conversation and we make it out like going to a game and having an experience isn't worth something. Is like i have gone to, i went to a game a couple of weeks ago with a buddy I hadn't seen all off season for me um, to see uh, what's his name? Uh, Zion. And the game was crap to be completely honest, but I had one of the best nights I've had in my off season, Cause I hung out with a good buddy of mine who I hadn't been able to hung out, hang out with in a long time. We watched basketball, had a couple of beers, had a good night, went home. Um, wh- would I have preferred to have seen, you know, a, a game where Zion went off to 40 or 50. Sure. But I think a lot of us, and I think it's a different category. It's nothing wrong with wanting championship. There's nothing wrong um, with, with wanting a championship product. But at the same time, uh, we have to be realistic At, at some point in time, it's entertainment value. And I think we've turned entertainment value into, you don't have a championship team. You, you, you suck. You're a piece of shit. You're no good. I want nothing to do with you. And I think that, and I know sports radio plays into that podcast plays into that, um, I think that attitude kind of sucking the juice out of what sports is. And as you said, I can sit at home and watch my big screen TV and tell you how bad the Cavs think without me going to Quicken Loans Arena or right. whatever it the, the is. You,
0: you are 100% right that when we were 9, 10, 11 years old and mom and dad or mom or dad took us to the Cavs game, it had nothing to do with them being in a championship. It was about us going there and seeing it. And I will never forget the feeling of when you walk in that arena right. and you'd come through the concourse and you'd see the court or when the players would light up, especially if you had good seats. When the players would come on the court, uh, and think about that time—that was a golden time in in Cavs basketball, right? That was Price and Doherty and Larry Nance and those guys. And especially for us, the games were at Richfield Coliseum. Most right. of the players lived in Summit County, right? Like you, you, there, you right. had you had a lot of relation to those Cavs investment in yeah. those Cavs teams, yeah. right?
1: And you know what happened? You know what happened then. And then I'm glad you brought that up. It was a big deal to see. When Magic came to town, Larry Bird came to town, hell, even Reggie Miller came to town. I can remember. I remember when Larry Nance played for the Phoenix Suns. I went and saw them um, again, and only because they had they, they had a good team. And that's what bothered me about Cleveland, Ohio. And you can go back to where you're at. That's what bothered me about when we had LeBron the first time through. And you kind of skipped over it because they would go on the road, and the Cavs were the best draw on the road in the NBA. Then they couldn't sell out at home. They were averaging like 17, 18 per game. And I I remember thinking to myself, how do we have the biggest draw in the NBA and we can't even sell him out at home? And I know this is a fact. Like, I know three, four years in, we couldn't sell out for LeBron. And it drove me insane because it's like, is anybody paying attention to what we have right now? This isn't going to last forever. And it's not. And we're living it now. Well, sure.
0: And look, that's the next point here. Um, If you're just going with your kids or you're just going, you don't go for championships. I think my my main point is the LeBron thing has slanted it to – you know, I know what it was like for my friends to be able to get playoff tickets, right? And I know some of them that right. paid premium dollar, or I know some of them that cashed in favors, or some of them that just plain got lucky, and you couldn't wait right. for those games, right? But now, I think, it, I don't want to speak for anybody. I'm curious the opinion on this. I think, Jerry, I think if you pick a number, 25, 28, and under, if you're listening, I think you'd go to the Cavs game with your buddies <laughs> or on a date. And specifically, you'd go for 20 bucks, right, if you want yeah, to shop around. absolutely. But I think if you're over that age and you lived this, unless you're specifically taking the kids, going with their youth basketball team, taking them for a night to celebrate a good report card or because they want to go, see all the bells and whistles, the shit that drives me crazy, I think you'd have a hard time finding too many people that say I would I would pay $1 to go to the Cavs. And, and, and to me, that was... Well, why is that? Because it, the product has gone from... Can't miss TV to can't watch TV. That's why to me.
1: Well, they didn't go when it was can't miss TV, and that's what I'm saying. Like I'm still, I still stick by that. I and I know, like from the year he was drafted until the, and, and I know Sabo somewhere when he's listening to this, he's driving to pains shaking his head agreeing because it used to drive us insane. So it does to me the price, whatever we can we can throw whatever else it is, but it kind of makes my point that we started with. We had a lot of people just like the Indians in the '90s when the Browns went away. I mean, and it's, we've had this argument has been had at nauseam on, on radio. Hey, the Indians hit, the Indians had a great they had a great time to, to hit. They had a brand new, beautiful stadium. Uh, money was big, and money was moving in in, in Northeast Ohio. You know, you had the internet phase that was coming in and things of that nature, and you had the Browns away, and the Indians totally took advantage. And, and look, they had the sellout streak. We all were a part of the. All right, and I, and I will go back to that. Why didn't we go see the Indians in the 90s when no one – and I'm asking you and I. I as two kids that grew up in Akron, Ohio, um, and obviously our age changed along with it. It was in our, you know, our teenage years when, when the Indians got really good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, this is, and this is just going off my head. I mean, we went to games at the Old Brown Stadium, baseball games. We went to like maybe two a year. You know, like we, my, dad would, my dad would take us – like I, I remember the last game I saw at, at – um, the last baseball game I saw that wasn't at Progressive Field – It was the last game that John McInerney was the the manager before Mike Hargrove took over. It was against the Milwaukee Brewers, and they had Paul Mollinger. I'm showing my age. Um, But I know that when the Indians moved into Jacobs Field, that was the thing to do. Now, I don't remember – and I was young. Like I said, I'm not the right age to tell it all. But I know that when the Indians got good and and they were in this new stadium, it was so cool to go into this new stadium because it was nothing like the dump that we had down on the lake. Um, I know once I turned 16, me and my buddy Rob, um, we and we played baseball. We played traveling baseball. Anytime we had a chance, we went to Jacobs Field. I mean, I remember sitting up at the high, high top of Jacobs Field for an opening day against the Angels, and they had a walk-off. Jim told me, of course, of Percival. And I remember I froze like I never froze before, and it was the coolest thing ever. And I was probably 15 years old, 16 years old. That became the thing to do. Now, what, now, now the Indian Stadium, which is still – Progressive Field is still pretty freaking good, um, and I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that because I'm anti anybody else. Our stadium's still one of the best in baseball. Um, it's got a pretty cool setup, and you can get a baseball ticket for pretty damn cheap. And I know I've skipped sports. Um, the Browns are back. The Browns usually aren't playing when the Indians are. The Cavs are are, are the Cavs, um, and you and you did the age bracket thing, which I think is a really cool thing, smart thing to do when you look at this because there's there's obviously different to what type of fan you are, right? I mean, we were way different fans when we were 15. So, I and mean, then in college, I mean, in college it was great to just be like, all right, let's go get wasted at Indians game, or even act. We'd even go to Akron and see the arrows at the time. Sure, if they had like a, if they had a cheap beer night, like you even did that last summer. <laughs> Correct, I did. <laughs> but I, I guess what I'm getting at is, I you know, what kind of talent are and, and like and, and maybe and look, and I do not want to be the guy and I continue to say this, I never want to be the guy that tells someone else what to do with their dollar, their hard earned dollar. You deserve to do whatever the hell you want with it, however you get it. Um, But I think it is weird that we claim to be a very big time sports town. And we are, but Cavs and Indians rank towards the bottom. And I don't even know the Cavs attendance, so I shouldn't even go there, but I, I, you know, I don't know. And it's not a great product, but you know what? I've gone to four or five games, basketball games this year. And I've had a good time, and and to me, at the end of the day, um, having a good time is is, is important because there's a lot of serious shit going on around our world that ain't that ain't having a real good time.
0: Well, no, that that's true. Um, you know, opening day is opening day, and I would go. I have paid to go as a matter of fact. Right. Um, three weeks later, you couldn't pay me to go. <laughs> right
1: <laughs> well that's a
0: baseball thing but, it, but listen i'll ball. say this about baseball you know i'm a casual baseball fan um i have friends good friends that i talk with all the time that i would hang out with they will say to me hey on saturday july such and such we're going to the indians game let's a bunch of us let's go i'm coming in from youngstown or columbus or wherever you know we, we have two tickets we're going to get four more blah 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 this is me just being reg and being me my answer is right. no. Like, I'll go on Tuesday and buy the cheapest ticket and stand out in right field. If it's going to be crowded, I'm not going. I don't care. I'm not going to pay for baseball. That's that's just me. But well, I think, well,
1: it's not crowded. it's not crowded very often, so you should come every yeah, damn day. Well, Mark. I know.
0: My last four Indians games, I've not gone in the stadium. That's a personal choice. I know. <laughs> but I, I think before we wander too far off here, I think the bigger picture, Dre, is because I allowed myself the other day to get in a Twitter argument about high school basketball to some level, yeah, that's all. Part of the reason, you know, we used to go to the games because we would read the papers and because we would listen to the radio and because our dads would take us to the games, right? But mm-hmm. now kids have YouTube in their hands. Kids and adults have 800 cable channels at home. You you know, if you don't go to the game, you you sit in the Indians' dugout on September in LA and Friday night, and you follow the Saint V game on Twitter. Right? I do. Yes. Right.
1: And if I, could, if I could watch it on my, on my iPad, I'd watch it. So yes. you
0: would love to go, and you would love to take A.J., and you would whatever, right? And once a year when baseball ends, we go to a game. Sometimes we make yeah. it, sometimes
1: we don't. Sometimes
0: <laughs> we make it. But, but what I'm saying is it's just changed so much. Friday nights, there's four college football games on. They're usually obscure. Those stadiums are only half full. But guess what? The battle is for TV. The battle is for the Twitter viewers yeah. the daily fantasy players the betters and the battle is for the tv time so when they call up missouri or fresno or toledo and say you're going to play on friday at 6 30 you know a lot of people say well that sucks we can't get there then but guess right, what they say right. you just tell us if you want us to play at six we'll be ready then too right yeah and, <laughs> yep. and while i sit at home on that september friday night and watch nevada play fresno i can follow 14 baseball games Right. Like right, right. that that to me is what's changed. And that's what the competition. It's funny. You mentioned that arrows game where I ran into your family. It was a birthday party for a friend of mine. And he's a big Indians guy and a big major league guy. And it was Ricky Vaughn bobblehead night. So yes, we said, all right, yes. we're going to go there. We're going to get him a bobblehead. There wasn't a parking spot in the city of Akron. <laughs> and it was a 15 minute walk from the one we got. To the barley house in Akron because the so line eat, was so long of people in full wow. uniform to be wow. the first 1,500 or 2,000 to get. So that that's what minor leagues have to do, and that's what it always is, right? Well,
1: I was going to ask you, is that what. Well, well, I'm glad you said that. Is that the draw on big league baseball, though, too? And it is. Yeah, like, well, it has, be, it has to be. It has to be because,
0: I mean, 162 is 162. Every I, year. I agree.
1: 80, <laughs> Eighty-one home games is a lot, brother. But you just—I've seen this. I've seen this across the country. Like as you said, this. My—I my, I had a ding, ding, ding going off my head. I've seen it in Seattle where they give out Ken Griffey Jr. going to the Hall of Fame uh, uh, bobbleheads, where there's lines all the way to the football stadium. You know how Seattle's built. Yeah. Um, I've seen it in Kansas City on a on an afternoon game where it's ninety degrees with ninety humidity, and they're giving out Hosmer Gold Glove bobbleheads, and they've got sellouts. It amazes me that – and I don't know if it was – I mean, there used to be bat days and things of that nature. I would love to ha- the conversation we're having – look, and I know people will tweet and say, oh, Andre, you're an idiot for this, or Zach, you're dumb for this. I love this conversation, even though I can tell you, you and I probably don't have all the real answers. And I don't know who has all the real answers, and I would love to sit with the people that make schedules. Like, the rubber, the, the rubber ducks do a great job. They, I mean, you just told the story. The rubber ducks bring in car- characters from TV shows – they do, you know, they do crazy uh, bobbleheads. They'll do a Lindor one here. They'll do a Clevenger one. They'll do people from the, the office, the TV show. They do a great job. Minor league baseball's always had to do that, right? But big league baseball has to do the same thing, Zach. Like, I like I, I'm talking about other teams, but I know that when we have promos, there are certain promos, even the dollar hot dog, which is, you know, which is what it is. I almost said something else. Um, that why does that draw the the, the, the common human being? More so, we than, love like, hot dogs.
0: Yes, <laughs> we do. Well, but you Push, know what hey, that yeah, is, Trey? That is a Jedi mind trick, right? That yeah, is saying, yes, is. I I know I want to go, and the kids want to go, or the neighbors want to go, or the old buddies from college. We've been planning a night to get together. Why don't we do it then? Because we know we, we just we convinced ourselves we just sa- saved nine dollars and what we're going to spend at concessions. Yeah. We're still going to pay the park, <laughs> right? We're we're still going to buy that nine dollar beers. Right? Yes. In yes, my case, yes. I'm still not going to watch a damn pitch, but I've Jedi mind tricked myself into thinking that, that, that I've is, saved it, that, that few dollars.
1: But I'm so, you're right, because <laughs> my wife and I were just talking about this. Um, because I, I, look, I'm not a shopper. It's pretty obvious if you know me. But damn it, if I get an email that tells me that uh, one of our t shirt companies or one of these places I like to get clothes has got 40% off or 50% off, I'll buy a sweatshirt just because I got it for 30 30- Do I need it? No. But I got it for thirty percent off. Well, even though right. I don't even know what the original price is, I bought well, Nike's a couple times because I got eighty dollars off. Did I need them? No. Well, all it that leads me to the trick.
0: all that leads me to the current discussion. And there's two ways I want to say this. So we know Trevor Bauer, our old buddy, was back in the headlines for attacking the commissioner for this playoff proposal. And I didn't yeah. read past the headlines, so I don't know the full details of this. But there's two elements. We all love Trevor. That he tells the truth. It's refreshing. Um, I don't think saying to the commissioner via Twitter you're a joke is a very good look for for Trevor, for baseball, for anyone. But I think beyond that, and the last thing we can do is sit here and talk about his mistakes. We'll be here till damn nine o'clock yeah.
1: if we Until do first till first pitch of the
0: season yeah it is to me Dre, it's it's baseball's tug of war of do we need to do these things to appeal to the new fan base these out-of-the-box ideas and grab these headlines before the season or can we sit and still be 162 games nine innings long days at the park oh. and 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 have our traditional fan, fan base <clears throat> i don't know the answer to that but that to me this whole thing screams the identity crisis that they're having because you're right. Yeah. The major league parks have to do it too.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up in the way you brought it up. Um, because before Trevor went on and said what he said, hi, Trevor's dad. If you're listening, I love you. Um, you know, it, it's funny. Cause you hear, we hear proposals and people ask us stuff all the time. And I think I, the way I said to Matt Underwood last night, cause both Matt and I were like, like we're at a point we get it. Like we get the base. Baseball is a great and I'm not saying it because I do 160. i I do more than 162. I'm going to do about 190. Um, but I, I get that, you know, like to me, I, I loved baseball before I had the job I had. And I was very much like Zach. I'd watch the first, or like my dad. I'd watch the first three innings, go do something for an hour and a half, two hours, go dinner with family, this or that. And then I would try to catch the eighth and ninth. And I pretty much saw what I needed to see. I heard what I needed to hear. Or, you know, or I went and did something. And I listened to the rest of the game. I listened to Hammy and Rosie. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. On an occasion, and, and now and I'm different, and I've always been, you know, and, you know, when I lived up in Cleveland, if there was a Tuesday game or a Wednesday game, and one of my buddies that worked downtown was like, hey, let's let's go over to the game real quick. And I think that plays into it. Where you live, like if you had your same house, same setup, if your same setup was in Lakewood, I'm just throwing something out there. If if you lived, Zach, and, and me knowing you, if you lived 15 minutes away from Progressive Field, you would go to games. Yeah, if I lived over the ran- bridge, I would walk ran- to
0: baseball games every other week. Yes,
1: right. Oh, just on the randomness of you know what I mean. Like I, I get I get where you're at. You got to make big plans to drive 45 minutes to an hour, you know, one way. Like that's you got to plan that out. You can't just like like I randomly when my when I lived in Cleveland, when I lived in Ohio City, when I lived in Lakewood, there was no big deal at 6:15 to be at a bar and happy hour and be like, do I go over and check out the Indians tonight? You know, and, you, and you just did it because, you know, hey, what's the next pitching for the Angels or, or you know, the Red Sox are in town. Let's see if we can get a ticket. I think that plays into it, and the population of Cleveland is, is down tremendously. That plays into, the, the, you know, part of not having people to go to games. Now, the whole thing that the commissioner started or whatever's out there, I mean, what was the word you used on, um, on what bobbleheads do? Jedi mind trick. Yeah. I think what happened yesterday over the last 24 hours, if you guys haven't heard it, about possible playoff changes and things of that nature coming in two years, I think it was a Jedi mind trick. The MLB MLB is getting run roughshod. They're not prepared. MLB's not prepared for what we're talking about right now. They're not prepared for the um, social media attacks. Guys being willing and open to say whatever they want and how they want it. Matter of fact, right before we started this. Um, I, I read a tweet from Gary Sheffield Jr. I don't even think I, I followed him. It probably got retweeted in my, in my uh, my line. But he basically said nothing's wrong with, and most people in baseball agree completely with what he's going to say. And I'm going to find the tweet rather than mis misinterpret what he's saying. But I would say most baseball people that I deal with that I talk to would go right off of what Gary what, what Gary is saying. Gary Sheffield Jr. not not a uh, senior, but basically saying nothing is wrong with baseball. Uh, you know, and, and that's, it's not, where is it? I'm just, I'm getting it right now. So I'm checking, I'm going through it. And of course it probably was from yesterday. Um, I love baseball. It is Baseball doesn't have a rule issue. It has a marketing issue. Mm-hmm. And I've heard, and I've heard Trevor Bauer say that. I've heard some of our players on the current roster say that most baseball people feel like they have a marketing issue and you don't know the players. I feel like the people in New York that run baseball have no idea. And I've talked to people, I've talked to younger people, that have gotten hired to help Major League Baseball in marketing, and they walk out and their heads blow up. And I've had people that did marketing for NBA, for NFL, and they get hired by MLB, and they want to quit three weeks later because they're like, they don't get that they have to change with the times. And I think when you come out with that proposal, the Jedi mind trick to me is this. Wall Street Journal comes out with an article that's just very damning towards Rob Manfred and his, his whole scope of what he found the Astros to do and not to do. Um, you just, there's not a lot of good stories about baseball. You have one of the biggest trades ever, um, occur in baseball and you can't even get it figured out for a week where you send one of the best players, baseball? that's bad, bad, right? Like that's bad. So what does MLB do? And you know how this works, bro. Like the wall street journal story, if people haven't read it, it is pretty bad. Didn't drop till Friday afternoon, which was odd to me. It was almost like that was their tip of the hat to MLB of, Hey, we're getting ready to kill you. You're not going to look good, but we're going to drop it off on Friday, Friday afternoon. Good luck. So what do they come out with And then you still got this Mookie bets shenanigans going on where they can't figure it out and get it right. And there's medical stuff, and there's this and that. And Trevor's bitching about you shouldn't put trades out until they actually happen. And it's like, Trevor, settle down. You were telling trades about yourself to me before they were out. So let's, let's be careful in how we speak. Just because I was a journalist and didn't say anything. Regardless, that's not here nor there. And then it's like, so baseball has, I mean, has this been a good offseason for baseball? Like, can you tell me what positive thing, that you can think about in baseball since the last pitch of of the World Series. Who even won the World Series? All we know is the Astros cheated like a mofo for three, four years, right? And then we even know during the playoffs they made a girl cry and they had to fire half their – like the Astros just were the blackest eye of black eyes. So the Jedi mind trick of Jedi mind tricks was yesterday to say, hey, we're going to be innovative, we're going to be different, we're going to try something, we're thinking, guys. We want to be like everyone else. Because unfortunately, and I know I'm long-winded in saying this, Baseball, to me, has become a lot like basketball without the social media, uh, winning in social media, without having the big, uh, big. what they used to call it? Without having the without having July 1st anymore. Like, baseball used to be where the offseason was everything, right? The hot stove isn't in everything. You've talked about it the last couple of years. We got players still. You got C.L. Puig, he's still not signed at the time. Yeah. We're, we're talking about this. Not that he's a super superstar, but he's a star. Well, the NFL he's has long. made
0: an event out of the start of their league year, right? Right. The NBA has made a holiday out of the start of their league year, right? And And, baseball has none of that. And baseball has none of that. Now, listen, as far as playoff expansion, I mean, the NFL is trying to go there too. I get it. Um, These problems are not exclusive to baseball. I don't know why the NBA trade trade deadline was last week, Dre, because the All-Star game is this weekend, which maybe has a little more interest than normal because of Kobe. I, I, I can't say that. But think about how long it is until the NBA starts. It's, it's more than two full months until the NBA starts the playoffs. The seasons are too long, and the owners well, are not going right. to pull back on that. But it's no, like. And that's what
1: I'm Right. That's how what I'm are people baseball, supposed though? to care? It's, it's, it's the same thing. And that's what I'm saying with baseball is running into problems. The, the postseason is electric, right? The yes. Baseball, it's great. Postseason baseball is electric. So to them, the only thing we got. We'll give them more play on baseball. That'll get people to leave us alone. And, and on one hand, I got to say, I hate playing 162 games and a winner. And then nine innings decides who moves on. That's bullshit. We've all said it's BS. Correct. I got no problem with a three-game series for the wild card. I, it needs tinkering what they threw out there. But to me, and, and Matt Underwood and I said this best. Underwood said it to me best. He goes, we would probably lose money if they were to do this the right way. Meaning, you got to take away some some regular season games if you want this proposal that they're throwing out there to work. Make it 150 games. Make it 148. Make it whatever. But you got to get rid of 162 games over six months because no one has the attention span to truly keep up, other than my wife, who's just making sure my ass went to work that day.
0: (laughs) My grandma's going to be locked in listening on her little radio that's older than me. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, think about—you uh, know how long it is. Uh yeah. 162. Yeah, I, I, I do. mean, <laughs> what do you think John Beeline thinks about the next two months right now? Oh,
1: oh. <laughs> is this the worst year or best year in John Beeline's life? Honestly,
0: um, I mean, I hope he hugs that those bags of cash tight when he goes home every night because it's ah. it's bad. <laughs> um, he chose it. He chose it. He did. The Cavs chose this.
1: Well, let me ask you this: It's too, too. We're not rich, but is it, like you know, we always hear this. And people say this. I think John Beeline's year right now proves that money ain't everything. I would much rather make half of what I'm making and be in college if I'm him. Personally.
0: Well, I mean, Luke, <laughs> Luke, Luke Fickle just turned down double his money yesterday to stay at Cincinnati. Yep. Now, maybe that says more about the state of Michigan State athletics than anything else. True. Um,
1: what does that say about Michigan State athletics? I'm glad when you
0: said, we do well. What? When we do our list of undefeated things, Dre, we don't put money on it because it's not a hundred percent undefeated. Right. Right. Um, but it's close, (laughs) you know, I, I I honestly think like, I, okay. uh, Let me, let me say this the right way. Um, people are overboard with, with how they handle their kids sports now and travel ball and specialization and the money they invest Right, in their kids don't doing know. this. Okay. Um, and I love high level baseball and you know, kids get a chance. But I think you gotta ask yourself if you're really starting to count your investment and the way they do things now where they make teams stay in certain hotels and people are just raking money hand over fist from gullible parents. Like there's only eleven point eight scholarships in baseball and there's only so many guys that get drafted and minor leaguers make twenty thousand dollars. So I know yeah. we're not all 6'5", right? But what are we really doing here? <laughs> like, <laughs> football participation numbers are down, and I get that. There's still 85 scholarships from 130 programs.
1: I got to tell you something, though. I'm glad you said that, and you're right. But from my experience in life, if AJ is the, has a chance to be the 78th, you know, 70, the 70th guy on a football team or the 15th guy on a college baseball team, he ain't going to play football. And that's just, and that's just experience. I get in my it. Lives. I get it. When you're the 80th, when you're the 80th guy, and you're right. If and Look, and there are certain people, and, and I get what you're saying. There are certain people in high school right now, and, and there are kids, and I and I totally get this, and I don't want to come off schneid in any way possible because the way life worked for me, it worked. But I hope because about life worked the way for me, the way it did, my son won't have to go through what I did. When you're on the bottom of a roster, of a college football roster, you get the shit beat out of you. And it's not, unless you're smart enough to get out of it or smart enough not. Like, it's just, I just saw a lot of guys that we don't, that you don't write about, that I don't tweet about, that we don't podcast about that got the living hell beat out of them for three and a half, four years because they got a scholarship. Um, I, So if my son is in that situation, I would say, go play baseball, son. We'll, 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 bait, we'll you know, we'll, we'll put money aside. We'll pay for yours. I, I, like, here's the problem. I have nothing against parents putting money in, trying to help their kid get a college education. But that doesn't, that's not like, like, that's not the finish line, right? Sure. Like whether whether your son plays at, at, whether your son plays at division three, or whether your son plays division one, or whether your son never plays again and plays CYO and plays around with his buddies and gets drunk to play softball with a Kega in second base. That's not the finish line or the end of the road. It's what they're doing in life. And so many people – so and I don't – and being a parent is fucking hard. Um, I, I, I tip my hat to anybody that's parenting. It's not easy. But I wish we put as much effort into what our kids are at at 22 and 23 as we do at 13 or 14 when we're making them. Like one of the best baseball players I ever grew up with, and I won't say his name because I, I would never embarrass. Um, he should have been playing Major League Baseball, but he wasn't because his dad, his dad over, was overbearing. His dad was that dad that you and I can't stand today. The guy that made it as soon as he got to college, he lost his mind in three weeks and lost his scholarship. Never played again because he was never allowed to get out of the house. He was well, never allowed to be a kid. You're I
0: you're think. right, and we could go on with this. Um, if we get into the economics of the argument, we got to be careful because if you do right. play six years in the NBA, you make enough money that it could be like it changes your whole family for generation. Uh, generational, <laughs> yep. right? But you have to understand the one percent of the one percent of the one percent, and you have to understand the guys who do win the genetic lottery, the guys who are McDonald's All-Americans, the guys who do become three, four, five-star recruit prospects for these huge programs in any sport, um, even the 1% of them actually get to that point, right? Right. And the goal to be the best nine-year-old is a little delusional. And we've been laughing for Uh, multiple years now about the guy who was signing his emails of the director of player development for the eight-year-old baseball team. Um, right. You know, I don't root against kids, except that guy's kids. <laughs> <Period>. <laughs> well,
1: here, I, did, I did this with my nephew the other day. My nephew's a good kid. But like, he, He's a really good kid. You know how it is. You know how it is.
0: When I speak up and say that your alma mater is allowed to play by different rules and you and you start going back at me. We come to the agreement that I'm not against kids. Right. And there are. There are kids that have used that vehicle to go on and do great things, and the kid they have right now is going wherever he wants, and he, he might be um, the second best player of this century at that school, and I hope so. Yeah, But we both been, know there's 10 kids, just to use a number, that come there expecting things or with, with wrong ideas and really aren't in the reality of it. You know? Well, okay. But whose problem is that? No, that's, well, that's though, theirs. Right? I, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying.
1: And, and, and that's what I always say back to you. Like, at some point in time, we need some no men in our life. Like, we need some people to be, be honest. Like, I just, Correct. I, I was going to say I, everybody, I don't I care, just, care where just, you go to
0: school or what sport you play. You right, need that.
1: Right. Right. I just had this conversation with my 13 year old nephew, and I love him. And he's good, He's a good kid. He's going to turn out all right. But he's, you know, he, we were sitting there, we were watching XFL football this weekend. His mom, my, my mom, sitting in my living room, my kids. And I'll give I'll give my nephew this. He wanted to watch the XFL. He's got a lot of Zach and Andre, in him, for better or worse, where he's telling us where guys went to school and what this guy is. You know, like he's us, you know, like. And that's why I love him. And we start talking, and I was like, dude, it's, it's a Saturday, and Fe- you know, in February, Jan- you should be playing basketball somewhere. What the hell? And his mom looked at me and kind of nudged me, and I'm like, no, he should be playing basketball. And he looked at me, he goes, he goes, Unc, I'm getting a football scholarship, and I just start laughing. I go for doing what? Carrying the water. And, and 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 I wasn't trying to be mean to him. And my, my and it was funny because my dad like texted me later and, and kind of like gave me the good job. And I gave him the same speech my dad gave me when I was 12 or 13. I go, "How many kids in Copley have gotten a scholarship in the last 4 years to play football?" And you should have saw his little face. Because I wasn't trying to crush his dreams. I was just trying to give him a reality check. Yeah. And he goes, "Well, we got a guy, we got a you know, we had a guy going to uh, Air Force. And I go, okay, how many guys were in the team? And I was, like, just, I was like, just start doing all the numbers. I go, I'm saying, I'm like, dude, I'm not saying you can't make it. And I'm not saying I won't do everything in this world that I can do to help you get a scholarship. But don't sit here at 12, 13 years old and tell me that bullshit because I know the numbers are against you. So I'm like, you better read. I go, you're too smart to be sitting around saying that. You better play every sport you can possibly play, but do not sit here at 12, 13 years old and tell me you're sold while you're getting a football scholarship because you're lying to yourself. And I go, I wouldn't be a good uncle if I let you sit here and think that.
0: Correct. And, um, and it, hurt
1: his, it hurt his feelings, but I know his mom yeah. and his dad, everybody texted me later on the night and was like, thank you for being honest with him.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. Look, along those lines, I want to clarify a little bit what I said. Um, I'm not telling anybody – you know, how to parent their kid, especially if he's some sort of a gifted athlete. But a bad life lesson is when the going gets tough transfer, right? I know yeah, that much. Yeah. And a couple right. of years ago, one of these elite baseball programs had me out to talk about social media and how it's changed. And it ha- social media has changed college sports, guys. It re- guys have lost scholarships. Things have yeah. been discovered. Um, You know, it, it, coaches of, coaches coaches have lost their jobs. Coaches have lost jobs. They've resigned to spend more time with other people's families. Yes, that's how it's going on. <laughs> <laughs> But but what I said was to these parents after talking to the kids because the parents were hanging around too. It was out at Pinnacle, out by your house. I said, guys, I can't tell you as parents, you know how much to spend on on hitting lessons or pitching lessons or. You know, if your nine-year-old needs to play four four basketball games on Sunday and then go to baseball, said, that's all your your personal choice, right? Playing eighty games a summer and and all that. I said, but I can tell you, it's not good when you take to Facebook to criticize the coaches, right? When you right, take right. to Facebook to declare your little Johnny the best eleven-year-old ever, because that <laughs> that trophy is absolutely nothing, <laughs> right? So, right, um, it, it's just a, it's just a different time and. You know, to go back to the last podcast, I mean, um, I don't want to say this with a little bit of the the stupid rumors that have been making their way around the, the Twitter sphere in, involving um, Cle- Cleveland's quarterback. I'm not going to comment on that. I can't believe that. <laughs> well, I, just let me say this. I can't believe that the girl went on the radio. Uh, I would say this, uh, that uh, when you're always on social media, you're always on social media, right? And right. we can acknowledge that Twitter is a small small population but when the stuff takes off the stuff takes off and that's why it's changed sports right all right. all the 4th 5th 6th grade kids i know friends of my or kids of my friends they are all on their phones watching nba highlights on youtube playing yep. fantasy football right they that, that commercial with the little kid before the super bowl that i thought was really well yeah. done like, awesome, yeah. The kids at our Super Bowl party were standing up. They know that kid because he has his own right. highlight videos on YouTube. Right. Right? Right. My you want to bet me yes, a dollar right now that that kid ever plays college football?
1: <laughs> yeah. He better use that money for that commercial. <laughs> 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 I mean, I don't want to be mean. Like, I, just, I, I we all need to check ourselves. And I don't know where this podcast has gone. Um, this is what happens when we don't uh, prepare anything. I like it. I think there's a lot to it. I what else are we supposed to that. talk about? Quite honestly. No, this is good. This is good. But let me go back to something. I gotta ask you about the Michigan State job, and and just you kind of lost over it, but you said it. I mean, dude, think about it. I'm 41. I'll be 42 in a couple months. I got one letter, and I, this is, this is mid 90s, obviously, and this isn't about me. I got one letter from Michigan State back in 94, 95, and I think John L. Smith was a coach at the time, or whatever, or whoever. Like, and I think, and it may not have been. Maybe been for George Pearl still, But it don't matter. I got like a bullshit like in 93, 94. I got a, I think I ran laps around Madrid Avenue like like the shit, like, like Juanca. It's just dropping, dropping chocolate bars. Did the letter mean anything? No. Did I get anything else from the State? No. <laughs> but, like, but it meant the world to me. I got it pinned up on my
0: well, wall. Well, as it should. As it should. And, but but <laughs> guess what now? The first thing you'd do if you were a 16-year-old Andre would do is run and put it on Twitter.
1: Yeah, God, that's disgusting. And you're right. But I was going to say, I got a bunch of stuff from Cincinnati. And not a, and, and look, I think Cincinnati is a great program. And I love the, what it's become. I just can't believe that 25 years later that Mich- – and, and look, and I, I'm happy that he stayed. I'm, I really am. But, man, what a statement that you'd rather stay in Cincinnati and be the Bearcats football coach and not Michigan State's football coach. Yeah. To me, that is, that's earth-shattering. And if you're in the Big Ten – You better check yourself and look in the mirror because uh, you, and this goes back to something you said earlier. Hey man, if I'm Toledo, damn right. I'll play Tuesday night at eight o'clock, even though it doesn't help my schedule. Damn right. I'll play Wednesday night. Damn. I guess what I'm saying is the willingness of all these other conferences to play at any time, any place, the use of social media, you can now recruit the same kid. Like it used to be, if you got recruited by Michigan state, you only got recruited by Michigan, Indiana, Boston college. Sure. But now, but now you literally can pick Cincinnati over Michigan State. And I think Zach and Andre, and Uncle Andre and Uncle Zach will say good job, right? <laughs> well, you
0: know, there's I don't, I don't know in detail, but the sexual assault stuff that involved Michigan State on an administrative level and yeah. some football players were involved, uh, I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen there, right? Um, they do not have enough good players. I mean, they're the Browns and Bengals of the AFC North. They're in the same division Ooh. as Michigan-Penn State.
1: In, the, yeah, in Ohio State, Ohio which is State. an NFL team, yeah. right? But they competed. Up until two, three years ago, they were able to compete with the, the other Ohio they, Well,
0: They were doing a great job of getting recruits from Ohio, from the Midwest, that, that mm-hmm. were good football players and didn't have the flash at the recruiting stage of right. the other guys. Right. Um, they
1: get the three stars and make them in the Listen, they, they had, had a like, really
0: great run of quarterbacks, too, which obviously matters, right? They true, had Kirk Cousins true. and Brian Hoyer and Drew Stanton. You know, true. Um,
1: that's no. That's a good point. They had great running backs. They've always had great running backs. Yeah, oh, great, going back all the way. way. They've they've always had good receivers, good corners. They may get their linemen from the mid. Like they they did it direct. The right. They had a plan and it worked, Zach. They didn't yeah. like you said. They weren't getting fired. Well, no, stars. It can,
0: and it can still be a good job. Um, they still have loyal loyal people there. But I understand why Luke Fickle wouldn't take it right now because he, he's going to win. He's going to eventually have his choice of a really good job but in the meantime he's gonna win and um i'll say this 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 can go to the whole discussion too you know like alabama and lsu and ohio state football and like um saint v basketball which we talked about and like the new york yankees and baseball like they didn't all become this by accident right but when you're not those programs like, you need culture changers along the way. You need somebody to yeah. say, I'm going to stay, and it's going to be different. And so everybody just assumed, because every other coach does it, because money's damn close to undefeated, right, that Luke Fickle was going to go for $5 million or whatever it is. Right, And right. some of the numbers being thrown out for who they have to go next that I'm hearing in the rumor mill are like, holy crap, but they might have to do it. But, like, eventually you have to stay. And, and, and I mean, I might be wrong. Luke Fickle might be at Cincinnati nine more months, or he might be there three more years and they might win like crazy. I, I don't know. Um, it's not an even playing field. It's not in life, and it's certainly not in college but football. But,
1: but no. But didn't you just answer something? You just said something. You answered something with your own answer. Maybe they don't need to go out and spend vault-side millions and find a real game changer who's, who, Michigan State matter, who Michigan State matters to him and they go out and do it the right way and not just throw a bunch of money in the air and hope it fixes everything.
0: No, you're right. Um, I think you're going to have to be patient. I think you almost have to take on a a rebuild approach. I mean, for him to quit before signing day, right? First of all, it tells you they didn't have very good class. No, it's the secondary signing day now. I know that's changed. (laughs) But you know what Ohio State is getting at signing day every year, and that's almost anybody they want. The only guys Ohio State doesn't get are the guys that go to Clemson and LSU and Alabama, right? Right, right. You know in Michigan, like they're still putting out – X amount of NFL players every year, even though they're getting trucked on the last Saturday in November. Um, it's a great universe. And Penn State, I mean, James Franklin, I, I'm not a big fan because of some of the things he's done, but they're putting guys in the league. Like, I've been to two of their pro days. It it doesn't look know. like Ohio State. It's close,
1: right? I want to have a conversation about James Franklin, but I think we better have it off, off of uh, <laughs> Mike. I, well, I, I, I don't know. I know some Vanderbilt stuff. I know some Penn State stuff. I'll just say this, he's a really good football coach. Yeah. On, on game day. I don't know enough to that's why we need to talk. I don't know enough of enough to sit here on a podcast and kill him or, or, or you know, or, or put him on top of my shoulders and run around with him. Uh but I will say I like what he's been able to do with the Penn State well, program from where from where it came from as well.
0: Guess who these because schools that was a hire. Pro- Guess who these schools hire? Really good football coaches.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and they deal with the rest later on, yeah. right? You deal with, I mean, look where Penn State was at before they brought James. And I'm not here, like I said, I'm not here calling him a Hall of Famer. But look where they were at before they were where they were at. Penn State was a tough job. Bill O'Brien, I think the Athletic has a great story about recruiting up, And it was talking about recruiting who, Christian, uh, what was the kid? The Christian, 2013 uh, QB class. Yeah. Yes. And at, and I glanced through it. I didn't read the story all the way, but it was really good and very telling in how hard it is to recruit quarterbacks and know what they're going to become, right? Like I didn't know, but like that whole Penn State situation was not good. Bill O'Brien, I thought, was a perfect person for, person for that. He realized right away that Penn State's a different place, too. By the way, you know, like Penn State's not not yeah. Ohio, it's not Columbus. It yeah. ain't in Lansing. It ain't it ain't. It's a like to get the kids that they get to come there to win. You gotta sell the shit out of that program because it ain't selling. And no offense to the Penn State and the Beaver County and Autos. I would I, I it's it's a different place. <laughs> sure, is. <laughs> sure is.
0: Sure is. All right. Um I can't believe we've covered fifty minutes here. I'm not quite sure what we talked about, but um we talked about yeah, a lot, yeah.
1: I think. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. And we didn't even have to talk about the Browns coaches or anything like that. So good job. You did bring up that story that I'm not gonna touch, but it's it's so our it's so now. Hey, no, and l- listen, th- that's what I want everybody
0: to remember. That when you're always on social media, you're always on social media. Right? Yeah.
1: But hey, And what did I say earlier? Because you're right. But it's scary because we've always heard people do anything for the 15 minutes of time. And literally social media proves that every 15 minutes.
0: It does. You, it you, does. You, you know the greatest tweet like, of all time is every day there's a main character on Twitter and the goal is to never be it.
1: Right? <laughs> it's exactly. the greatest tweet of all time. It's right up there with Don't Don't End Up on Deathbed, Desmond. and Deathbed's dead. We la- we la- we lasted longer than Deathbed. How yeah. about that? Sunday night, Dre. I was
0: completely bored, completely in chill mode. There was no more basketball on. The Oscars were on. I ain't been to the movies since two thousand nine. Um, you know, Eminem came. I, I was working on. I was half working on something. I was half looking at Brody's basketball schedule. Eminem came on, and the next thing you know, I'm firing off like four tweets, and I'm not getting in any arguments or anything. But right. I'm saying to myself, like, you know better than to do this because it's that, that next argument's always around the corner.
1: <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah.
0: And, and, and we, especially as I get older, I'm more conscious of this. You need a break from everything. Like, yes. you need a break from baseball. You need a break from your kids. You need a break from the drive every day. You need a break from Jen sometimes. Right. Yes. Yes. Like, we all <laughs> need that break from social media. Like, it's different from everyone, and you don't have to announce it, right? Right. Um, you know, but like, it just comes a point where you got to say, like, this is not the real world because it's not. Trevor Bauer, you need a break from Twitter, my man. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he
1: does. Yes, he does. We all do. You're right, and it's like I didn't even, like I, and I've been going through it myself. I'm not gonna say I've been in. The, Social media depresses me at this point. I'm being completely honest with you. I just told somebody Friday night, I was like, I barely go on social media now. I barely say anything because I just hate where everything goes. (laughs) It's just Mm -hmm. like, like at this point, like, no matter, like if I'm on it for 10 minutes, I know I'm going to see something that either disgusts me, pisses me off or see somebody talking about something. They have no idea what they're talking about, but they're talking like they're the, the, the general of it. It amazes me. Yeah, it's, um, so let me ask you this: Copley's got a pretty good uh, boys' basketball. They got a couple players in their basketball team. I've heard. I, I need to go watch before I leave. I leave in what's today's date? I got 14 days. I to. Um, and this is for everybody out there because we do this for everybody. High school basketball playoffs are getting ready to start. Girls, I know, have started already. I've been to probably about six female uh, high school basketball games already um, this year. Uh, close friend, family, friends, daughter, I've watched, and she's going to be pretty good. Uh, i think i'm gonna go watch her again tomorrow night um if i had one high school basketball game to watch obviously i know about saint v uh i my dad and i are pushing to go see the, the copley team from what we've been told uh anybody else uh and I, you know i always want to go see babe's team just so i can give him shit any other team uh um, i know green is both green is supposed to be pretty well i've only sense.
0: been to four or five games um First game I went to see the Livingston kid who who left Bookdale after the season had right. started and went to Western Reserve Academy. Yeah. All other um, conversations. <laughs> Green is really good. Uh, I think I know Saint Ed's is really good. I haven't seen them. Yeah. And Raj went yeah. the other night to the Ignatius game. Right. Um, yeah. Um, you know I haven't seen the kids from Coppell. They're freshmen, uh, and right. people have told me to go see them, but I just I haven't made it there yet. But you know what? It's crazy. I leave for the combine the day before you do, uh, for spring training. There's only two weeks left in, in right. high school basketball. Brody's, Brody's last regular season game in D3 college basketball is next week. So it's – we're getting old, man. Yeah, it goes quick,
1: man. It goes really quick. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. Um, I'll, I'll yeah. find a game or something. We'll
0: talk off – I'll look up who's playing who and, and we'll talk off the air.
1: yeah, so. we may need a Friday night hoops session somewhere. And we'll actually go into the game because it's inside. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you guys for coming in and listening to the A to Z podcast. Um, I know we sometimes don't have a compass, but we truly do uh, love having these moments. I don't know if we figured anything out, in his last 50 minutes or so, but I'm glad we got it it out. I know.
0: (laughs) Uh, I I agree. Shouts as always, the scene to the Honeymoon Grill, to American Fireworks, always open at AmericanFireworks.com. Tell them that A to Z sent you. For Andre, I'm Zach. We will talk to you later this week.
1: Hey, did you see the guy that tweeted us with the share video? We got the best listeners in the world, man. No, you know what? I was busy
0: last night. I saw that you replied to a tweet, but I didn't catch up on it yet. So.
1: Yeah, I didn't catch up on it. The dude, okay. like, he listened to the podcast. I went and found exactly what I was talking about. I can't <laughs> oh, remember his name God. off the top of my head, but shout out. And he came up with a great idea for us for something else. Um, and it could turn out to be a great idea. Uh, hey, great we, love, I'm sorry, I'm
0: re- honestly, we love – honestly, we love you guys. We, we love the feedback. We, we appreciate that you guys look forward to this, and we look forward to doing more of them. So we'll talk to you soon.
1: Condis you are, Cleveland.